Well, God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this fifth Sunday after Pentecost through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, it's uh, certainly nice weather today, and I am uh, excited to lead the second service today out in the Grove. I've been looking forward to that ever since the weather started getting warmer. I preached at a funeral here yesterday and, and two other Saturdays the last two weeks of June, back-to-back with services on Sunday. Needless to say, I hope that there are no more funerals for the rest of the year. Jill says she likes my funeral sermons. I think that's because preaching at funerals has been a different type of intensity for me lately. Funerals are the ultimate opportunity to witness to people and tell the people the love of God and what he has done. Plus, you've got the deceased person there in casket or urn the best visual aid there is as to what we all will face one day. Plus, I think I'm becoming less patient with disbelief in God in a world so mixed up and in turmoil. And I know the Bible says that's the way the world is like before Jesus returns to make all things new again. Nevertheless, I feel a sense of urgency for people to believe, especially at funerals and memorial services because A good deal in attendance at those are not church members or perhaps even people with faith. I mean, I can't tell who's a believer and who's not. But I can tell. I look out into the pews and I see myself at one time in my life in people's faces. Responsive readings, the creed, hymns out of an old book. What is this? I'm clueless. I know the look. See? So these last three weeks, my funeral messages have come off sounding a little bit like God promises blessings twofold from generation to generation. You're going to let it stop with you? Your ancestors have worshipped God here for over a century and who knows how far back in the old country and you think you know better than them? you more enlightened. Jesus and his church aren't just for grandma who faithfully taught Sunday school to children for 30 years without missing a single Sunday. It's for you too. But today is Sunday and I know you. I know all of you. And it feels different. I feel like I'm preaching to the saved. I mean, what sense of urgency should I be conveying to you? that you don't already have. You're patiently waiting for the Lord to return with all Christians, right? Well, I don't know what your calling in life is for each and every one of you, but you can choose when you want to hear God's Word on Sunday or not. My calling is to be here every Sunday to deliver God's Word, and today I've been dealt three readings from the church lectionary which begs the question, what's urgent in here for us? Well, we got good old Zechariah. (laughs) If we only hear from the prophet Jeremiah three measly times during the entire church year, then Zechariah is even more neglected. Once. That's all we hear from this guy in an entire church year. And it's only verses 9 through 12 from chapter 9. If you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, you don't know what I'm talking about, but you'll catch up. 
Two weeks ago, I challenged you to read the entire book of Jeremiah over the summer because it's the longest book in the Bible and one of the least read. But you can read Zechariah in an hour, the whole thing. Now on their own, the verses for today, they don't really make much sense. It's a lot of biblical sounding language of Zion kind of stuff. But it's the language of our God. And he's speaking to us here. So what's urgent? What does he want us to hear? Well, we don't have time for context. But wouldn't you say this sounds like Jesus arriving in Jerusalem? Wouldn't you? Okay, yeah. I mean, you got the riding in on a donkey. His rule from sea to sea. He shall speak peace to all nations. He'll set prisoners free from sin. Yeah, that sounds like Jesus in there. Jesus was foretold by the prophets of Israel. And they were true because it happened. He showed up. And today God says to you that he restores you double. That's not the end there. What does that mean? Well, you take it how you want, but it's hard to deny it's something good. The Christian church throughout history has interpreted these prophecies concerning Israel and Jerusalem to mean that since you and I have been adopted into this family of God, every promise of restoration is applicable to you and me and our children and their children and so on. Because Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. Well, that's good news, isn't it? To our dull ears and hearts. If you've been waiting eight years for me to tell you how to balance your checkbook or manage your wealth in a godly way, sorry, go to a Dave Ramsey seminar in Portland. If you want to know how to be a better Christian spouse or parent, go to a marriage retreat. If you want to be comforted with God's assuring word that he restores your soul and body and your mind, well, that message I can deliver with urgency. Believe it. It's true. And God is for you now. Right now. But if you need to hear more, then we have, the, we have Paul writing to the Christians in Rome. Paul is always urgent with God's word. He's racing against time because he's got so many churches to visit and encourage and sometimes admonish and correct. And arrest and prison are always just around the corner. You're not going to hear Paul mince words or beat around the bush, which is why it's hard for many to hear him because his words are hard to bear in a society like ours that's so permissive with sinful behavior. In these verses for today, Paul isn't framing the words around a context of stealing cookies from the cookie jar. Oh, gee, I shouldn't take that cookie, but I can't control my hand and my arm. I am weak, Lord. No, he's talking about sex. That's the context. Need I go into detail? Do you want me to go into detail? Uh, Oh, no, okay. (laughs) Any kids in here? No. But the point is, God urgently wants us to stop sexual immorality. If you don't know what's immoral and what's not, look it up in Scripture. 
We can't know what sin is without the law. How are we going to know what God wants for us unless he tells us, right? So search it out for yourself. Defend yourself against the lies of the devil and this world with the armor of God, which is his word. If you're afraid or uncomfortable with what you think you'll find out, just remember you have God on your side. You have the Holy Spirit working faith in you as you read and hear because he is in the word. It's a supernatural event. It's not like reading Harry Potter or any other book. You've got God in each word because Jesus is the word. Which brings us to the gospel reading. Jesus doesn't seem very urgent in this text at the beginning because he's praying to the Father. But he's got an imperative there in verse 28. Come to me. I will give you rest. Learn from me. Notice he's not saying when it's convenient for you or when you have more time to give me. Come to me. Learn from me. Go to him now. Learn from him now. Look, I haven't had a vacation in almost a year. So I haven't lost hope that God cares about me. If anything, these last few weeks have strengthened my trust in the promise of eternal life than in the past eight years. But if you've been on vacation, whether you've literally been away or mentally on vacation from God's word and his church, then hear and believe that God still cares for you. He's still here for you. His sense of urgency to do something about your sin, your death, and your enemy, the devil, spanned thousands of years. The prophets foretold it. The disciples witnessed it. And the apostles spread the, wor- the news about it to the world. Three words gasped by Jesus in his dying woes on the cross. It is finished means you no longer have to fear death because you get to live forever. Your sin is forgiven. You've been washed clean in the waters of baptism and a room is prepared for you in your Father's house on the new earth in the new heavens. I'm looking around and I don't see clueless looks. You're not exactly rolling in the aisles either. God's good news of His love for us is familiar. It doesn't seem so urgent. But may we never lose hope. May we never believe we know better than God and fall away. May we hang on together, united in Christ until we reach the goal of heaven won for us by Jesus' death and resurrection. And may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.